It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every single day. Today is a Thursday. Zach Blackerby here with you, joined by Michael Pappas and intern Jaws. Pappas, how are you? I'm great, Zach. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Intern Jaws, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. So you're uh, you're you're coming uh, to us uh, in the middle of the woods. Is that right? That is exactly right. I'm sitting out in the middle of nowhere in Dadeville, Alabama. Um, all I can hear are crickets, and all I can see is the moon. So. All right. And it is currently 5.04 in the morning, so uh, you guys listening later in the day, you can kind of have a mental picture of what that looks like. So, all right, uh, on, uh, on today's show, we got big news in the SEC. Uh, I want to talk about Auburn's running back situation a little bit more, get y'all's thoughts on uh, some recent developments there. And then I want to go back to the SEC wins totals that uh, came out two weeks ago. Uh, and look at those again now that news and the landscape of the SEC has changed a little bit. But first, guys, I want to talk about uh, just two quick notes. Nathan King put out some practice notes yesterday, uh, friend of the program. But there's two uh, there's two bits of info that I thought were interesting. One, it sounds like Christian Tut has won the the punt return job, which I didn't realize that was in question because um, he's kind of been saying like, or there, there, he's been on some preseason lists for all you know, being all an all American. Punt returner. I think Phil Steele had him as his fourth team guy for that. So uh, I guess that's all but sure it up. Apparently, uh, natural wide receiver Kobe Hudson was giving him a run for his money, but it seems like that is now Tut's job to lose. Hey, good for Kobe, man. True freshman coming in, taking a shot at a job. I love it. Is he possibly a natural wide receiver and a natural punt returner? I don't oh, know. Zach, dude, dude, let's not get crazy. All right. And then the other uh, the other thing is he talked about um, Bo Nix completing more passes to the tight end, which I think that's fine, whatever. But I think the important thing is is Bo Nix is not one of the sixteen players not practicing this week. That's that's what stood out to me with that. Yeah, we knew that from the video, though, right? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't, also, I didn't even think about video. that. I'm bringing up the video later in the show, and I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. <laughs> Also in the video, did you notice that he's not showing off any midriff anymore? Do you think he heard the show? One hundred percent. Self conscious when we were calling him thick. One hundred percent. Jaws, did you put any of bad. that? Did you tag him in some of that stuff on social? I didn't, but I I can't imagine that he didn't see it. Yeah, like he had to have seen it. Right, thick with three C's. Was that too much? I don't know. That's like the best. Uh, that's like the most downloaded po- uh, podcast we've ever had. <laughs> And it's called Bo Nix is looking thick. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. All right, so yeah, I wanted to mention a few of those things. We'll circle back to uh, some things happening in practice in just a moment. But first, I think the lead story uh, pertaining to Auburn, and it doesn't even have really a lot to do with Auburn today, is that the landscape of Auburn's Week 2 matchup has changed with the news coming out yesterday. Georgia's quarterback, Jamie Newman, has opted out of the 2020 season. He's skipping the 2020 season to train for the NFL draft. Of course, he transferred from Wake Forest uh, to Georgia back in January. But Auburn fans are having a ball with this because Georgia fans, Georgia people are having meltdowns. I mean, national riders who picked them to win the national championship, guys like David Pollock, they're now saying that they're unsure with that pick. I mean, 
What do you guys think? Uh, Pappas, what's your instant reaction uh, to, uh, to Jamie Newman opting out? Uh, I'm not sure I care. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm so, I know that that's, that might be an unpopular thing, but uh, I, I'm, I think I said it a, a while ago this summer. Everyone's, Zach, I know we've talked, but everyone's freaking out about Jamie Newman. And we're kind of like, why? <laughs> you know, he was decent at Wake Forest. Right. But then, you know, you kind of remember that. Um, former five-star recruit, former starter as a true freshman at USC, JT Daniels, also transferred to Georgia. Right. Like, there's a decent shot. There, there's actually a pretty good chance that JT Daniels just won the job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jaws, what, what, what are your thoughts on this currently? You know, Michael's exactly right. You know, one way or another, we all knew Georgia was going to suck. But, you know, initially (laughs) when I saw the news, initially when I saw the news, you know, I was absolutely shocked. And my mind just went straight to, you know, Auburn's definitely going to win in Athens this year uh, because I was already pinning that game as a potential upset because of the uncertainty surrounding Georgia this offseason. And now even more so now that Newman's gone. Um, but like you said, JT Daniels is probably the guy that's going to win the job, uh, played like one full season at USC through for like 2,700 yards. Um, I have read Newman's statement and I know his reason for opting out, but like Michael said, you know, Newman could have been outperformed in camp, which I would like to think that was the case, Mm -hmm. or maybe Newman had an injury that was nagging him. I'm pretty sure he wasn't 100% at the start of fall camp, if I'm not mistaken, but regardless, you know, I'm intrigued to see uh, how Daniels handles this pressure. Yeah, Daniels coming off a torn ACL in 2019. He has practiced. Oh, I was kind of uh, clicking around some some Georgia message boards last night. And he uh, Ooh, he has practiced. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had to take a shower afterwards. But he um, okay. he, he has, uh, he's practiced, but he hasn't been fully cleared. So I'm not exactly positive what that means. I assume that they just can't touch him. Um, which I, you're not doing that to quarterbacks anyway. You're not allowed to hit quarterbacks in practice anyway. So, um, so like I said, I'm not exactly sure what that means. Yeah, my take on this is similar to y'all's. Uh, I, I've said all offseason, I don't see the hype around uh, Jamie Newman. So I'm not going to all of a sudden act like this is like some big deal um, to George as far as losing him from a personnel standpoint. But you you operate all offseason under the assumption that this guy is your starting quarterback and then just a few weeks before the season starts, you lose that guy. That, to me, is a big deal. I think the timing of losing a guy that you thought all offseason was going to be your starter is a huge deal. I don't care who it is. And so I think that uh, that aspect is bigger than actually just, you know, the, just kind of in a vacuum looking at Jamie Newman opting out. So, uh, I mean, Auburn plays this team in just a few weeks, and their, their quarterback – Hasn't even been fully cleared yet, and he hasn't pl- taken any snaps in the system. I think um, you know we've all felt pretty good about Auburn's situation going into Athens in week two. I uh, I feel significantly better about that uh, after last night's news. So I think that's um, that's going to be really really fun to follow. Before we uh, before we move on to our next topic, do you guys have anything else to add about this? Yeah, not to be a downer, but n- this is a completely new system. Right at, at UGA, and based on some of the stuff I've seen about it, JT Daniels might actually be a better fit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, not to be a downer for Auburn fans, but JT Daniels can sling it. 
Right. Uh, he's you know former modern day quarterback in L.A. and and obviously a five star recruit who ha- does have starting experience. Um, so as 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 much as I would love to be like this is a massive blow to Georgia, I don't really think it is. You think he's and ready by week two though? That's my thing. He tore his ACL almost a full year ago. Yeah, it was, it was like right before the half. Of game of their one, first I game. think, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So it's tough, like w- with recovery times right now for, especially for these, I mean, for nineteen, twenty year olds, it's tough for me to think he won't get cleared, especially if they want him to be the starting quarterback. No, I think he'll I play, mean, but is he going to be mentally ready and physically ready week two of the season after just a weird off season? I don't know, man. I, I don't I, know either. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. All right, uh, I want to talk about the Auburn running back situation in just a second. But first, uh, we want to give some love to uh, today's sponsor, Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. It's even better than it was before because Built Bar is back with a new website, BuiltBar.com. They've got six new flavors, uh, including the 12 original flavors. That equals 18 delicious, amazing flavors for you to pick from. And all their bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. And uh, they're great for the health-conscious uh, listener. Uh, I mean, just uh, just kind of looking at some of their flavor profiles here and uh, just the calories that go with it. I mean, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Uh, they even have some uh, bars that are good for keto, if you're into that. But uh, looking at, like, the peanut butter bar, 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. I mean, that this is the perfect bar to take with you if you're chilling in the middle of the woods at 5 o'clock on a Thursday morning in Dadeville. Right, Jaws? That's exactly right. That's so, exactly right. Perfect. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, gentlemen. I mentioned this earlier in the week, and it got a good response. I want to follow up on this. What if my bold predictions from earlier in the week was that Sean Shivers gets the second most touches among the Auburn running backs this season? So we got a glimpse of uh, practice yesterday with a short video. Michael, you mentioned that earlier in the show. Um, But had a listener, Jamie, point out that in the video, he sees Tank leading the drills. Uh, That's what stood out to Jamie, and uh, that is true. But what stood out to me is that they're posting videos featuring the coaches and they show DJ Williams and Sean Shivers. And Sean Shivers broke a long run for a score in the practice video that we saw yesterday. And he's getting these touches uh, from that traditional running back spot. Not motion, not sweep, not gadget stuff. Do you guys think this is smoke and mirrors? Or are they trying to build up the guys that deserve it with these social media posts? Does this type of speculation even matter? I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Am I way off for looking at this and saying, like, guys, I think we're underrating Sean Shivers here? Right now, I think you got to have him listed as the number two running back. Let's go. If for That's no what I'm other saying, reason, man. if for no other reason, then he's got the second best nickname in the running back room. Worm, yeah. Until, I mean, it's hard to beat Tank. Right. 
Tank to me is more of a nickname, right? It's a way of life. They're both nicknames. Wait, what? I, I feel like if you're called Tank, it's more of a way of life kind of thing. But if you're called Worm, it's not? Yeah. Hmm. Man, what a letdown when I found out Tank wasn't his real name. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the second best second best nickname. <laughs> we'll leave him number two on the depth chart right now. Uh, I think until Mark Anthony Richards can really prove himself in, on the nickname board, then it's going to be tough to... Uh, to climb the actual depth chart. Yeah. As much as I like DJ Williams, DJ's it's a it's a decent nickname. Got to assume that it stands for something. Yeah, probably. Mhm. Wish I knew. But the DJ's got us falling in love again. That's what I've been saying. True. True. Jaws, what are your thoughts on uh, my take on Sean Shivers? So, you know, I've actually thought about this a lot during fall camp. Like, will Shivers be the two? Will Shivers be the one? Will Shivers get any touches at all because of all these great running backs that Auburn has this year? But I think to, like, kind of answer the question, my mind always goes back to the 2018 season when Cam Martin and Booby Whitlow were competing for that starting job. Uh, You know, I would argue that Whitlow was the better running back that year, even though Cam was first on the depth chart. And I think the reason for that is that Malzahn favors seniority and a veteran presence. No question. So, like, I believe that the reason Martin got the start and even got the start in the Washington opener was because, you know, he was the junior. He was the older player. Uh, Whitlow was unproven. He was a freshman. Uh, but by the time I think we got past, like, the LSU game, you know, it was, it was very clear that Whitlow was the better of the two overall. And he ended up rushing for, like, almost 400 more yards. So to answer your, your question... I think Malzahn's going to play the players that are older and have earned it, so to speak. Uh, so I would imagine Shivers will be getting those touches, those extra touches with the ones, and those, that recognition in those videos. And more carries than he should be given in this offense overall. But, you know, uh, until somebody steps up and proves to be better, like Michael said, or proves to be more consistent, um, Shivers, I think, will be getting a lot of touches just based on his uh, veteran presence. I agree with most of what you just said. I, I thought that was great until the very end. Um, even if Sean Shivers is listed as the starter, uh, I, I do trust Gus Malzahn to put the or to, I, I guess, get touches to the best guys uh, on the team. I mean, l- just looking back to like when Rock Thomas was a freshman running back and he was getting touches, and when before he, you know, fumbled in the kept, iron ball. Yeah, kept spinning and fumbling. Yeah. Um, Carry on Johnson as a freshman was getting touches. I mean, even last year, with not like two years ago, sorry, with um, Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz when they were true freshmen, they were getting touches. Uh, it's at the beginning of his career. Gus Malzahn might have leaned very heavily on on the older guys, but lately we've seen that he's very willing to use freshmen if they've earned it. Now right, they can right. unearn it, like Rock Thomas did, but right, he'll he'll dis- use you if if he thinks that you can make an impact. I don't disagree with you. What I'm saying is, I think I think that'll happen in due time. So like Martin got like 20 carries in the Washington opener, and Whitlow got like eight or nine. And I think that once, once tank 
and Williams start to develop more and the season goes on, like just a couple of games in, I believe that they will be, be getting a lot more touches. So I don't, I don't disagree with you. Um, I just think it's going to come in time. I don't think it's going to come immediately. Since Malzahn's been here, and we've all like spent all off seasons predicting what the depth chart's going to be, uh, about three or four years into it, I came up with uh, what I call the Malzahn rule when you uh, talk about the team's depth chart and personnel decisions, and it's typically whatever is more boring and more safe. And a lot of the times, that has to be older guys. So we'll see what happens. I'd love to see more tank. I would absolutely love to see more tank. But that's why my prediction has been DJ Williams for the majority of the offseason, and that's kind of why Sean Shivers has been shifted up there. It's like, wait. He always does this, but we'll see. We'll absolutely see what happens. Uh, all right, we'll, uh, we'll uh, have our final segment of today's Locked on Auburn coming up in just a moment. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. So SEC win totals. Jaws, I want you to read uh, read each team one at a time. Tell us what their projected win total is set in Vegas. Uh, Vegas set these two weeks ago. I don't think they have altered any of these with all of the news that has happened throughout the SEC. So I want you to go through uh, the teams, and we'll start with um, who's projected to finish first, and we'll go from there. And Michael and I'll give our thoughts on it. So um, go ahead with that, Jaws. All right. Yeah, I actually checked. I checked last night. I couldn't find any uh, updated win totals. But just starting from the top, working our way down to the bottom. Uh, at the top, obviously, you have Alabama at seven and a half. So what are y'all? What are y'all thoughts on that? I'll go. Uh, I would take over on that. What about you, Michael? Yeah. Um- <laughs> Unfortunately, that seems low to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, if you put it at eight and a half, that's where I really start to think about it. But um, yeah, no, I would, uh, I would take the over for that for sure. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of surprised it's that low, honestly. I yeah. would have imagined it would be eight and a half. Um, anyway, uh, Georgia is, is next at seven. So what are your thoughts on that? I think Auburn beats them week two and. They play Alabama. Alabama's going to beat them. And I think Florida beats them. So it's like that puts them right at that number. I'll say they slip up somewhere else. So I'll say under. Uh, I would still probably take the over. Um, but Georgia's just one of those teams that we know absolutely nothing. We basically know nothing about. Right? Yeah. New, new offensive coordinator. I want to say new defensive coordinator. But I'm not positive. Uh, and then... You know, new quarterback, a bunch of new players. What are they going to look like? We don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, pro- I probably agree with you. I'd probably take the over on that, um, even though we have no idea what they look like. Okay, Florida, up next at 7. Uh, over or under? Over. Florida's got to be your favorite in the East. Yeah, I'm taking yep. the over as well. I'm, I'm scrolling through this. I mean, their tough ones are, I think they beat A&M. They play LSU. That's going to be interesting. Um, LSU on the 17th. Yep. I think they beat Georgia, beat Arkansas, beat Vandy, beat Tennessee. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the over on that. Yep. Yep, uh, I agree with you 100%. Okay, uh, LSU at 6.5. Under. I'm taking the under. I think they go 6-4. and four. Yeah. 
I think this has the potential to be a disaster of a season for LSU. Um, I think they're down to five out of 22 starters returning from last season. Obviously, Jamar Chase not playing. Uh, the starting defensive tackle also bailed last week. I mean, this is this has the potential to just be a disaster. It also has the potential to be like one of the greatest coaching efforts in recent history. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I'm not sure if Coach O can pull it off. So, I would probably take the under also. To be fair, I've like downplayed Coach O every step of his career, and then last year he like was like, "Hey, take this world," and he he killed it. So, but was it him? I don't know. That's, well, a, that's behind, I think we'll yeah. find out this year if it was him yep. or not. Yeah, yeah, I, I would probably take the under. I've been saying it all off season. I don't think LSU uh, wins more than seven games. Like that's their ceiling. So, uh, mo- moving on, Texas A and M six and a half as well. This is the toughest one for me. Just yeah. kind of going through A and M's um, possible losses. I mean, Alabama, Florida, uh, maybe Tennessee, LSU, and then maybe Auburn. So, like, I think that number is perfect. Yeah, and plus you get the whole factor of like Jimbo Fisher is a very good coach, right? They do have a lot of talent. They do have a quarterback who's been there for seventeen years. Maybe they can sneak up and beat some good team, like. Some pretty decent teams. They're going to have chances. Yeah, I like mean, and, just, and, so. and, and every offseason, it's like A&M, A&M, A&M. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's eventually going to be true, right? But um, Just law of averages, it's got to be. <laughs> I mean, you will eventually get that correct. They will eventually have a good season. Gosh, yeah, this is the toughest I mean, one for me. I'm going to say I'm going to say under, but I am not confident about it at all. Yeah, I want no part of this Texas A&M team or win total. Right. Yeah, I would not put money on this, but whatever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can only win eight, or you can only go eight and five so many times. I mean, you've, you've got to either go over or under at some point. Right. Um, uh, Auburn at six. Um, I think they lose to uh, Alabama, and I think, see, the thing is, I think they beat Georgia. I don't think LSU's going to be that great this year. So I'm taking over. I don't want to feel like a huge homer on this, but I feel like this team is going to go seven and three. That's just kind of the gut feeling that I have. I feel like you got to go over here. Um, I don't think. I, I don't think that there are. I, I don't want to put this. Usually, Gus Malzahn does not lose more than one game that makes you kind of scratch your head, uh-huh. right? And, and there's mm-hmm. not. There, there aren't. three other games that you're kind of like this is they're probably going to lose this one right so yeah i I like that overpick all right what's the next one joss uh tennessee five and a half i'm gonna go over here i mean even if they're third place in the sec east that's probably six assuming if georgia and florida both are at seven third place probably at six all right so their tough their tough games are Georgia, Kentucky, Alabama are all back-to-back. Then A&M and Auburn and Florida. I mean, that's tough. That's tough. But I will take over. I, I think I think the Vols are going to be good this year. Yeah, that's, that's five top 15 teams right there. Yeah. Can you beat one of them? Wild. Can you beat one yep. of them, you know? Yep. Uh, Kentucky at five. This is perfect. This is the best call of all of them, got to say. Because – Kentucky is the epitome of like we don't know. 
They, I mean, last year they had a wide receiver playing quarterback and they won what eight games, nine games, whatever it was. Yeah, two years ago I think they had double digit wins. Their schedule's gonna be a lot tougher this year though. So they play Auburn, they play Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Florida. I'll I'll say they get, I'll say they uh, I'll say over on this. Yeah, I would agree. I would say over simply because I think they they uh, beat South Carolina at the end of this season and maybe go six and four. I don't know. All right, All right. Mississippi State four and a half under over. Oh man, I totally disagree. Mississippi State probably is the best quarterback in the SEC, and they got the best got, running back. What? They got the best running back. Yeah, they, and they have the well. Najee Harris is very good, but yes, um, Kylan Hill is also really good, and I, I mean it's the un. Just having not seen Mike Leach's offense, I think that's going to be, you know, with this weird season, this could be a, a pretty good year for them to kind of sneak up on people. So I would probably take the over here. I think it's more yeah. likely that Mississippi State overachieves than Ole Miss overachieves. Yep. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, speaking of Ole Miss, Ole Miss is next at four. Under. I think they both are going to stink. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm... I can take the under here. I like John Rice Plumley. Um, I think he's fun to watch. I think he was fun to watch last year, but I don't know, man. That seems kind of a mess. So right. we'll see. Let's knock these last four out, Joss. All right, uh, South Carolina at three and a half. I'll take the over on that. Yep. Um, my girlfriend goes to South Carolina, so I'm going to go with the over. Oh, she's your girlfriend now. Uh, yes, Did we're you? we're going steady. How about that? Congrats, mm-hmm. buddy. I know y'all been Thank hanging you. a lot. That's fantastic. All right. Who's next, Joss? Missouri at three. Under. Yep. Yeah, probably under. My Poor Eli Drinkwitz, man. Yeah, I mean, these last, th- th- these last few, I'm just going to kind of ask the question, like, who do they beat? Who do they beat? Yeah. Like, who can you look at? They're on their schedule, and they're going to beat them. So, all right, we got Alabama two left. Alabama week one. Yikes. Yikes, right, Joss. Arkansas, Arkansas at two and a half. Under. Yeah, I agree. Poor Sam Pittman. Yeah, for real. Yeah. And uh, at the bottom of the barrel, we have Vandy, of course, at two. I can't believe it's two. <laughs> Yikes. Once again, like, who are they beating? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the other I, on that, too. I think there's a line. Like, Vegas is not going to set one of these win totals. At one? At one or zero. <laughs> like, they, they just won't because that's so much, I guess, like, liability. Like, it's too easy for the team to just ruin the bet, right? Right. Like right. they accidentally yeah. win a game and it's like, oh, we're done. Yeah. We lose. All so. right. Jobs, yeah. where can people uh, where can people find you, buddy? Um, follow me on Twitter at Dawtober, and I also run a fan page account for Auburn basketball on Instagram at WDE underscore basketball. Yeah. He also has done a great job with our uh, our social media stuff here at Locked On Auburn. Michael, where can people find you, buddy? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackaby. Follow the show on Twitter. At Locked on Auburn on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We are also on TikTok. We'll see you tomorrow to wrap up the week right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.